Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching, whether it's stories and ideas for my own classroom or lessons that I've learned from other educators. I love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school and for their educators to do the same. So that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom. All right, hello my friends. It's good to be back recording another podcast. I took a couple weeks off of doing this because it's been a little busy around here. Uh, and that's kind of what gave me the thought for this podcast, some of the stuff that I've been up to lately. So one of the, the really just fun things I get to do is uh, go to different schools. And usually when I go to different schools all around the country and, and sometimes even the world, I actually had a phone call with a principal in, uh, in, in Ripley, Australia this morning. I'm sorry for the the, the horrible accent there, um, Juanita in Australia and Queensland. I just I just wanted to give it an attempt. Uh, I won't do it again, but I, I got to talk to a principal in Australia today, and, uh, and it was just like a reminder that, like, man, there are people all over this planet doing amazing things in schools. And so it's just, that's something I get to do is go and talk with teachers. Uh, but I've been going down to the school district in uh, Yorktown, Indiana, for the last year and working with their teachers there. And then I was invited recently though, actually just last week to go down to Yorktown and not present to their teachers there, but instead talk to their community. And so we had this big community showcase night where the whole community was invited into the school gym at the middle school in Yorktown and several hundred parents and even like the, you know, the leaders in the township and the city there, even the assistant secretary of education was there. All these different people were invited to come out to this night. And uh, I just got to share some stories with them for about an hour where I talked about some of the stuff that their teachers are doing and some of the training that they've been going through. And, and what they can expect to hear when their uh, kids are coming home to talk about the work they're doing in school now. And, and so I got to go and share these stories with parents and community members rather than teachers, which is my usual audience. And I got to tell you, I've done this a few times in the last year, uh, gotten to actually just talk to the community. Um, and, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But uh, you know, I got to do it again last week. And I just I am so full of energy on that because it was so much fun. Obviously, my favorite people to talk to are students. I love it. <laughs> I, I love getting to talk with young people. Um, but then their teachers are a very close second. All the educators in school uh, are a close second because there's just so much joy in getting to be with these people who are so passionate and skilled in their work. And so getting to share with them is great. But man, I got to tell you, there's something really special getting to talk with parents. Um, and that's what this podcast is going to be about is the value that comes from when the community is connected with the school, right? Like there's, there's something really special that happens. And I've seen it in some of the schools I've worked in uh, as a teacher, but then also in places like where I was in Indiana, where they've just got this huge buy-in from the community, where the community isn't just fighting educators on everything they're doing in classrooms and in hallways, but instead finding ways to support it and get behind it. And uh, just some really, really great things happen. And, um, and I got to kind of just feel that 
as I was, you know, giving a keynote to this group of parents. Um, and then afterwards, so what happened is I went up there and I shared for about 45 minutes to an hour. I, I went and just told some stories about the work their teachers are doing and, and just the idea behind it and really casting a vision for why we're doing this type of work, why, why students are doing more hands-on, purposeful, authentic learning, um, and what they can expect in the conversations from their kids at home and all this stuff. But then after that, I got to release them. I got to say, all right, you've heard from me enough. Now you get to walk through the hallways and your kids, your students are going to be out there and they're going to be sharing some of this work with you. And so it turned into a big showcase. So the event started with a little bit of a little speech for me. And then it got to be a showcase where the, the real magic happened. That's when the parents got to go see the product of, of their students labor, the, the work that they've been putting in in school, but then also the, the product of the work their teachers have been putting in to learn how to do this type of stuff. And it was glorious. And I got to spend the next couple hours just chatting with parents and hearing about how they feel about what's going on in school and about their kids' teachers. And, and, and it was just pure joy. And it was a reminder to me that school should not be an isolated place. Instead, it, it really should be an invitation to the community to be a part of it. Um, and, and, and when that happens, I think it just amplifies the learning for students. It amplifies the teaching experience for all of the educators in the school. And it also means a lot to parents when they're being invited in to what's actually happening in school. You know, like if you go and Google, you know, there's just a little thought exercise. If you go and Google teachers, I did this recently, like, all right, what kind of news headlines are popping up right now when you Google teachers? You know, you'll see lots and lots of negative stuff, obviously. It's just clickbait in the news. It's just hungry for that negative stuff. And, and you go and do that, and you'll see lots of articles about parents who are upset with schools. Or you hear about, oh, they're book banning. Or you got all these protests at school board meetings. Or you've got air angry parents online. I mean, I, I've got a pretty big social media presence in the teacher world. And I am posting to educators. But, of course, non-educators like to hop on and give their input as well. And, I mean... It's almost inevitable that anytime I publish something celebrating or affirming or supporting educators, there's always, you know, community people, like people outside of school who, who are just negative and there's vitriol. And, and you know, there's, there's lots of reasons for that. And we won't dive into all of that, where, where this division comes from. But I think a lot of the vitriol we see towards education in school is actually caused by ignorance. Ignorance meaning... I think a lot of people don't know what's actually happening in school. They don't know about the good stuff that's happening. And I wish they would just maybe, you know, trust that good things are happening. Uh, I, I wish that maybe, that, you know, the people that are kind of spouting off this vitriol would, you know, take a step back and be like, you know what? My kids seem happy. They seem to be learning. I'm going to trust that it's good. Um, but that's not the case. The, the fact is a lot of people are just kind of stay in their ignorance and then make all of their guesses and, and share all of their opinions publicly out of this ignorance, out of this not knowing. And so I think there's so much value in inviting parents, community members, you know, council members, uh, business owners, nonprofit organizers. I, I think that there's so much value in inviting the community into school so they can see what's actually happening here. I think that's part of what the magic, and I don't know if I was able to capture the magic in telling you about it, but there was something really magical about this parent night in Indiana last week 
because I think it was a, a lot of people getting the opportunity to have what school actually is for their kids illuminated for them. You know, like parents will often come in to, to conferences, and that's usually about the individual, just their child, which is great. And I love it when parents do that. But sometimes they don't get to see the whole vision of what is actually happening within these hallways and in these classrooms. But when you give them opportunities to come and actually see it and hear about it and have students maybe own some of that process and share what it looks like and getting them an opportunity to come and see classrooms and see their teachers uh, in a different light, there is just so much power in that. And that's often where you see that ignorance that not that lack of knowledge about what's actually happening in school, that's where it starts to evaporate a bit because they're seeing, oh, no, there's actually really, really good stuff happening here. And I think there's a number of ways we can invite parents in. I mean, yeah, you could go the route of Indiana and have somebody come and, uh, you know, try to articulate it to them and share it and speak it to them and share stories and all that stuff. Great. Um, but you could also go the other half of that night, which I think is probably a lot more attainable for a lot of places, is opening the doors and holding showcases saying, you know, like, Hey, your kids have been working really hard and passionately uh, on these projects or whatever it is that they're putting together. And now we want to give an audience to their work. We want to invite you to come and see what they have been doing while you've been at work or, or see what they've been doing while they've been away for seven and a half hours during the day. And so just throwing a showcase, it doesn't take that much effort. It really, really doesn't. Um, it's, it's really a matter of inviting, putting the invitations out there and scheduling time for kids to set up their work. And it's also a real, you know, when you do a showcase like this, I was blown away by this. I didn't know they were going to do it. I got to Indiana and uh, before I got to go and speak, uh, they had the middle school band come and play a few songs for parents. And so like this was kind of like a little bit of a bait and switch. I love it. What they did is say, hey, if you've got kids in band, can you bring them this night? They're going to be playing in front of a big public audience. And so now all of a sudden, all of the band kids' parents are showing up to the event and maybe their family members are showing up to the event, maybe just to see the band. But then while they're there, hey, there's this whole showcase that you can be a part of. You can hear about what we're doing in school. You can meet teachers. You can kind of soak in a little bit of this passion that kids have been, you know, soaking in the last few months. Like now you can be a part of it. And so, you know, at this event, they had the band play. They had the choir come and sing in the hallway as parents were going around during the showcase and looking at student work. And so just holding an event like this is, is pretty darn easy and it's so powerful what a way to get a lot of people in the building at once in a really positive atmosphere and so maybe doing that holding a showcase you know another is realizing that the parents in our community are experts at many different things you know like let's say that you're in an elementary school and you've got 400 kids in your building you know that's potentially upwards between six and eight hundred different parents. That means six to eight hundred different work experiences and life experiences and areas of expertise and and different ways that they can contribute to the work that you're doing. And so why not reach out to your kids' parents and not just say, "Hey, can you volunteer for this party?" Which we'll get to into it in just a bit. Or, "Hey, can you uh, help donate to this cause?" Yeah, those are all great. We'll talk about that in a moment. But instead, hey. We're doing a persuasive writing unit 
And uh, I would love it if somebody in our community and our, you know, one of you talking to parents, uh, maybe you write persuasively or have to use persuasive language uh, in your work. Maybe you're a lawyer. <laughs> maybe you write, maybe, maybe you write in the media. Maybe you work in government and you have to persuade people. Would you be willing to come and talk about what that looks like with, with my class at some point? Because when you do that, what you're going to find is lots and lots of people are going to line up to say yes to those type of requests. I think I talked about in a podcast recently where I wanted to, to put, put a big garden together for my students, and I wanted an aquaponics garden. So I really needed a huge tank that I could actually hold fish in that would be providing the fertilized water for the plants. It's a long story, but I needed a really big tank. So I threw it out to parents, and the next day, that tank was delivered at my classroom doorstep. I couldn't believe it. And it was because one of my students' dad works at, at, at a nursery where they have these huge plastic tanks. And so I just had to reach out. And he was so excited to help. And because he was able to help me, he was able to come to my classroom and see the type of good work my students are doing. It just shedding a little bit of that, I don't know, I don't want to use the word ignorance because that implies negative, but shedding away a little of that lack of knowledge about what's happening in school for that dad and his family and maybe the people he talks to. You know, I have a, uh, a friend named Aaron who is a filmmaker and he makes unbelievable films. Like that's what he does for a living. Um, and so I was doing that World War II project that I've told you about many times and uh, my students were going to be editing and creating documentaries. And so I, I reached out to Aaron, and I and who's part of our community and has kids in the district, and I said, hey, Aaron, would you be willing to come and do a workshop or a lesson on how to use some, film, some best practices on filmmaking that you could teach to my students? You know what Aaron said? Yes, of course, would love to do that. And so Aaron came in and worked with my students, and it was a really big deal for them, right? Like they're getting exposed to a professional who actually does this work in the quote-unquote real world. And, and so it was so valuable for them, and it was also so valuable for Aaron. He's getting to see what school looks like. And, so, and it was valuable for me as the teacher because, like, it amplified the learning. It amplified my connection with the community. It made my students work better because we had an actual expert helping them do it. And so Aaron helped me out that year. And then the next year, he did it again. And for three years in a row, Aaron would come in and teach my kids a little something about filmmaking. This is just inviting the community in to the classroom. And we can extend that invite all the time. It just amplifies learning for everybody. You know, uh, I was once working at a school and uh, another teacher in our school in our building who's a social studies teacher. He had his students do this really big election project where they had to form their own political parties and, and, and try to get the whole school to vote for their political party to win. It was in, uh, it coincided with the actual presidential election. So he had this whole project and instead of just having his students present their speeches to each other or to a hypothetical audience or something like that. He said, you know what? I'm going to just go for it here and I'm going to invite, I'm going to do a showcase. I'm going to invite the community. So all of our parents and everybody connected to our school, I'm going to invite them to come in and listen to the speeches, but I'm also just going to send a cold me email to a couple congressmen and congresswomen in our community and see if they maybe will come out and be audience members to our students. And so uh, th this teacher, Mike, sent out that um, email to, to these different offices, and he got two congresspeople to come and be audience members to the class. He didn't 
there was nothing. So he just sent an email. And you have to realize to those Congress people, that's a win for them. It's good PR for them to be in school. Of course, people were taking pictures. Of course, that gets shared along, around. It's good. P it's a win for them. And it's like, you know what? If that's the only reason they showed up, hey, they're getting invited into school. They're getting to see what's actually happening here. We're, we're building connections, maybe for future opportunities. And so, hey, if that's their motivation for coming, great. At least you're here. But hopefully they came because they want to be a part of what's going on. They want to see what's actually happening uh, within their constituency. And so it, it was a win for them to be there. It was a win for the students. They got this authenticity, this real audience. And, and so it was a win for everybody. And that's the point I'm trying to get across is when we invite the community in, it benefits everyone. And again, it, it helps enlighten what's actually happening in school, especially when you invite people like that. You know, at this showcase in Indiana last week, like I said a moment ago, some people from the Department of Education showed up to it. I believe the mayor of the town that I was in showed up for it. It was, it was a cool event, and there was people with a little bit of, you know, power there, and they're getting to see, oh, this is the good stuff happening here. How can I get behind it now? And, and that's what it really is, because when we can get the community to get behind schools, not in front of trying to slow down and impede the progress or not, you know, standing above it all and trying to like throw daggers and spears and flamethrowers at it, trying to burn down the good stuff in school to, 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 to advance some type of ideology. But no, when they, you get them behind it, pushing along, supporting, you know, f forming some type of foundation that is where the good stuff happens. And so maybe throw a showcase. Maybe invite community members in boldly knowing that, hey, if they say no, cool, all right. We just, you won't be there. I guess you miss out on it. But if they say yes, which I'm telling you, the community wants to be a part of what you're doing. And so they will say yes more than they say no. I, I say that pretty confidently to you because very rarely have I seen, you know, that, that no from community members. Matter of fact, you know, one of the things that I've always done, and this is what I worked with that school in Indiana with, is project-based learning, how to make learning more purposeful and authentic. And part of that is really trying to find authentic audiences throughout this whole school year. Not everything you do has to have this community connection in order to be real project-based learning, but it's a really cool way to amplify learning, as I've said over and over the last 18 minutes. Um, and so I'm always trying to find community members to be a part of what we're doing. And uh, a lot of that has been cold emailing and cold calling and saying, hey, I heard about this cool work you're doing. Would you be able to come and share it with my classroom? I'm telling you, in my all the years I've done this work, I've never been told outright no by any local community member who I've invited to participate with my classroom. I've heard, oh, this isn't a good month right now. We're not a great season. Can we revisit this later? But I've never been told no. And, and that's to a lot of different people. And I think that's because the community wants to be a part of what's happening. Again, it benefits them as m in, in different, but also in equal ways to how it benefits students. You know, when my students... Um, team up to, to create something for the community, they're giving the community something that they need, right? Like when my students did that whole refugee project I've told you about before, where they created tools to help refugees assimilate into our society, and they presented those tools to an actual social work agency to use those tools to serve refugees here in our community. When they did that, that social work agency was kind of getting... You know, 
it's a really unique perspective because it's the perspective of young people, something that that social work agency needs. They were getting tools to help serve their clientele. They were, they were getting the, the positive PR of connecting with a local school. It was benefiting them, right? It, wa it wasn't, I wasn't saying to them, hey, I want you to sacrifice a bunch of your time so you can work with my students. No, I want my students to create something that benefits you in some way. And so it it's a win for them. And again, it amplifies the work my students are doing as well. You know, there's research that shows that when students are engaged in service learning, meaning the work that they're doing is serving something bigger than just themselves. It's serving a cause, an idea, a people, a community. When they're doing that, there's just dynamic growth in their social development, their emotional development, their cognitive development, their behavioral development. Students grow more when the work that they're doing is serving someone else which is just another call to invite the community in to the work that's happening in the classroom. And so maybe plan more projects or units that benefit the community in some way. Um, but, you know, other things you can do, and we'll wrap it up with this thought, but I'm real passionate about this as well, is just welcoming volunteers into your classroom as much as as you can and this can take some time and you might need to create some systems and so maybe it's a little bit of a gradual release you're not just saying all right i'm gonna start having volunteers in my classroom every day from now on no maybe if you're not doing that yet maybe maybe just plan one opportunity this semester to invite parents in uh to, to help in some way but then maybe develop systems that uh, that open those doors more and more because again there's so much joy inviting parents into volunteer. I know my, my daughter is in the first grade and her unbelievably brilliant teacher uh, has math helpers every single week. And so every Tuesday, a parent is invited to come in and just help with math class. And so they just go to a single station and the kids roam around the room or uh, not roam, but kind of switch station to station. And uh, when they get to the parent station, they're working on like two pages in their workbook and the parents are just there to help. And there's nothing big about it, uh, nothing that the parents have to do to plan. They're just there to give some assistance as these first graders are learning math skills. And I do it every chance I get. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't tell you how much joy it brings me as a dad to go in there and see my little girl in her element, see where she goes seven and a half hours every day and get to be a part of it in some way. And I, I, I can't tell you how much I love it. And, 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 and it's just a gift that her teacher allows us to do it. And yet, to be honest, it's also a gift that parents give her when we volunteer to do it, you know, because this is, this is supporting her students more. This is helping with classroom management when kids are working on math and she's able to be on one side of the room, deeply focused with a group of small group of students while the other side of the room is covered. And so when you ask parents to volunteer, yeah, you're asking them to sacrifice a little bit of your, their time, of course, and be appreciative of that. That's, that's a good thing but you're also inviting them into some really joyful moments in their day. It's one of my favorite things to do is to sign up and be a math helper. You know, it's, it's a joy for me to get to go in whenever I can, if my schedule allows it to assist with parties in, their, in my kids' classrooms. I'm gonna be going on my son's third grade field trip to the museum in a couple weeks. The end of the year, one of the first field trips of his life actually, thanks COVID. Uh, I'm just gonna go and uh, chaperone that. And uh, yeah, I'm sacrificing a little bit of a work day. I'm having to take a little bit of PTO to go and do that, but it's worth it to me. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise because I love to see what school looks like. 
I love to get to be around my son when he's with his friends. I'm loving to get to see what his teacher interactions are. I just, I, it's a gift to me. And so if you are not using parent volunteers, I would strongly recommend you do that. Because again, it's a win-win. When we connect with the community, it's a win for the community and it's a win for our students and it's a win for us. And so plan those opportunities, invite them in. And you know what, okay, here's my last point and then I'll let you go. Uh, also, just regular communications at home does so much to sew the community together with what's happening in school. My uh, daughter's teacher, the one I just mentioned, is an absolute pro at communication. She uses Seesaw and, and you know, some learning management systems to kind of broadcast the big things happening uh, in school. And so she'll post pictures of learning experiences and do a quick little newsletter on that. I love that. That is such a joy to get to open every week. But every now and then, and it's pretty regular, she'll just send a three-sentence email, nothing huge, just saying why she's loving her time with my daughter. And as a dad, and I think I speak for my wife as well, as a parent, it just warms our heart. It just gives us so much joy to know that our little girl is loved so much at school. And, 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 and it means so much to us when we get these emails. And again, it's only just two or three sentences. It's not a big paragraph. Her teacher doesn't have time for that. Who does to be able to write a whole paragraph, write a whole essay to every single one of your students? Yeah, that's not really doable. But you know, I don't need that much. I just like to have those little touch points and know, I don't know what's going on and what she's doing well or where little moments of joy that are being experienced or if there's struggles, I'd like to be let in on that as well. Um, but I just, those little emails and you know, for my daughter's class, there's roughly 25 kids in the class. And so I'm guessing, I don't know, I haven't talked to her about it, but I'm guessing her teacher has a bit of a routine where every day she writes a short email to every kid in class, or uh, I'm sorry, a short email to one student in her class. And so she does that on Monday, sends it out. On Tuesday, she sends it to another parent. And it's just this, every month we get an email and, and, it's, and it's a small time commitment and, and yet it means the absolute world to us. Now, if you teach secondary and you have 150 students, this can be a little more challenging. And so maybe it's not a monthly email, but I would challenge you. And this has always been something that I have to put in my calendar to make sure I do. So, but, so I know it's possible, but I also know there's a little bit of an effort to it. Um, I would challenge you to make sure you are communicating with parents on a personal level on a regular basis. Not necessarily every day or every week or even every month, but where they're regularly getting to see that you care about their kid and that there's been some positive interactions happening. And so finding time to do that, it goes such a long way. And I'll wrap it up with what I've been saying the whole time. It's a win for parents because you make their day. I speak from personal experience. You make their day. It's a win for uh, their kids because when you share positivity, if, if parents are anything like me, I go and pass that message on to my kids pretty darn quickly. When I get a positive email from my children's uh, teachers, I'm quick to say, hey, 
I got a teacher. I got an email from your teacher today. Sounds like you did something really neat today. Or, hey, I heard you spoke up in front of the whole class. Or, hey, your teacher told me she loved the poem you wrote. Oh, it makes their day and improves their posture when they get to school, their behavior, their engagement. They, they take that affirmation that was given by their teacher to their parent. They take that and they bring that with them to school. And so it benefits the parents. It benefits their kids. And it benefits you because you're getting more buy-in. You're getting more people behind you, more people who have your back, more people supporting the good work you're doing in school. So just know this, the community wants to be a part of your school. And so we've got to invite them to do that. All right. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this podcast. My friends down in Yorktown, Indiana, thank you for uh, the inspiration here. You are such a joy. You're all such a joy. I, I, I believe it's, ne- what, you know what, next week is Teacher Appreciation Week. So maybe we'll talk more about that then. Um, but uh, I just hope you know how appreciated you are. If you're an educator of any kind, whether you're a teacher, administrator, para-pro, assistant, counselor, custodian, bus driver, superintendent, assistant, super- whatever you do in schools, uh, you are necessary. You are crucial uh, and you are appreciated um, by a lot of people, but especially by me. So, and your students, uh, parents, I hope. But if not, invite them in and hopefully that appreciation grows. All right, with that being said, thanks for listening to the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir, um, and it's a gift to get to talk to you. I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.